You're listening to a podcast by Change My Relationship, featuring licensed marriage and family therapist and author, Carla Downing. These podcasts are designed to provide you with practical solutions based on biblical truths for all your relationships. Today, Carla will be interviewing a guest who has experienced a relationship problem and successfully worked through it. So I'd like to welcome you to Change My Relationship podcast, and I'm really excited today because I've got somebody on that I promised you a long time ago that I would get, and that is Kathleen's husband, Cooper. Hi, Cooper. Hi, Carla. I really appreciate you having me here. Oh, I'm so excited. And Cooper is Kathleen's husband. Kathleen was on one of our the two people that were on that I interviewed as being married to um, men with Asperger's. And so Cooper is going to tell us today what his experience is from his perspective. And I think you're going to learn a lot. I know that that interview that I did with Kathleen Cooper was that is the most listened to podcast of all of the ones I've done. And it has actually brought quite a few new people to join the My Aspie and Me Facebook private book group. So that was really, really good that that happened. So Cooper, I'm going to go ahead and just jump into questions if that's okay with you. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Can you describe what it was like for you growing up? How did you feel different from other kids? Um, Now, typically people with Asperger's can feel like they are different, but I never really saw myself as that different from other kids. Because of the hidden Asperger's in my mom and older sister, and there was ADHD in one of my older brothers and even our dad, I did not see that I was that out of the ordinary in my own family. I felt like I held my own within my family, but also between the friends and neighbors that I grew up with. Looking back on this time growing up, I can see that there was little to no emotional connection being made between my parents and the siblings. And there was certainly no emotional connection being made between my uh, brothers and sisters and myself. Now I say this with my fitting in or holding my own is that I may have been masking when I was around my friends and neighbors, but I'm not really sure. I know that I had internal difficulties with myself, which resulted in a low self-esteem and difficulty initiating with anything that was new. Whether this new thing was a school project, trying to make a new friend, or even asking a girl on a date, I was able to disconnect from this difficulty, which I understand now was anxiety, uh, and to go on as best I could. This disconnection proved, however, to be a major stumbling block as an adult, as it progressed to a form of dissociation. Can you explain a little bit to the people listening what you mean by a form of dissociation? Well, dissociation is whenever I don't have an association of senses or a sensory experience with a memory. So people can often dissociate when they're driving. They could be thinking about something and they can just drive right past their their exit. Um, And that's a common form of dissociation. Mine, however, was more involved. It took on more of of memories. And after having therapy, I did find that some, there was some form of trauma in my earlier years that possibly is contributing to this issue. Thank you. The next one question I wanted to ask you is when did you first get a diagnosis of Asperger's and what was your reaction to it? Well, I was diagnosed back in 2014. My wife 
had suspected I had Asperger's for the two years prior to uh, being diagnosed. Um, she, she saw that there was something different about me. I had learned about an older sister who had been previously diagnosed years before, so I knew based on genetics that I had a reasonable chance of also having it. My reaction to it initially was a very strong resistance. I had some really heated arguments with my wife that I in no way had Asperger's. At that time, I did not know about Asperger's having a spectrum of severe to mild. But as I learned about the range of symptoms people with Asperger's have, and with it being in my family, I came to accept the diagnosis. And really being diagnosed um, was a relief because it did answer questions about issues I had and why I felt the way I did during some social situations during my younger years. So I know that there's a very wide variance of symptoms with Asperger's. In fact, it's basically people talk about it as being on the autistic spectrum. So anywhere from being completely nonverbal to being very verbal. Are you saying that yours was is more towards the milder? Yeah, I would classify my my level as a mild stage. I did, I had met people with Asperger's and they were more on the other end of the spectrum, which is initially why I refused to accept initially that I could have Asperger's. But yeah, so I would agree that I'm more on the mild, mild end of that. But I can imagine for anyone, and this is the same whether it's having Asperger's or somebody that you're saying has a drinking problem, there's always a resistance to somebody giving you a label that's always hard to take. But yet it has, as you were explaining, some benefits because it gives a, you know, an explanation to the things that you've been experiencing. They're up there if I can. You know, this whole label thing, I've given a lot of thought to that. And, you know, if someone goes to the emergency room with chest pain, they're going to ask the doctor, what's wrong with me? What's my diagnosis? If they go to their doctor in the office and they're having pain on the side of their back, you know, is it a kidney stone? You know, they want a diagnosis. They want to be told what is wrong with me. So I find that you know, people don't go into to those situations and not want the diagnosis because they don't want to be labeled. So I find it rather unfortunate that in the mental health field, this idea of labeling gets put upon people and it doesn't really make sense to me. You know, the, the aspect of our mind, our brain is part of our soul. It's our mind, will, and emotions. So I really feel that this concept of labeling really hinders people from getting the help they need. Hmm. Okay. So would you say for somebody who's listening, if they have a spouse with Asperger's, that it would be beneficial or harmful for them to tell their spouse that they believe that they have Asperger's? I, I think it would be beneficial. I think always the truth is going to prevail. It doesn't mean that that person, like how I initially reacted, is going to be easy with it or it's going to be an easy thing to accept. I think maybe in terms of talking to them about other areas of their body where there is a problem and they accept it, uh, I think the idea of a mental health issue needs, the stigma attached to that needs to be, it really needs to be removed. You know, we're in 2021. I think, I think we can start handling the truth. 
a lot better than we think we can. Yeah, I think that's the stigma with the labels. And I'll often say that to people too, even with depression, people feel that there's a stigma and I always say, consider it the same thing as what, how would you react if you had diabetes? You would say, oh, you know, my pancreas isn't, I don't have the right balance of insulin. So you would say, okay, I just need some help with insulin. Well, okay. So you've got some, you know, some neurotransmitters that have, don't produce the right amount of, you know, neurotransmitters that, that, that are needed. So, you know, kind of look at it like that. So thank you. That was, I think that was really helpful. Uh, can you describe what it is like for you to have Asperger's and what characteristics do you have? Well, I have a difficulty with social interaction. I have one friend and I really, I really don't desire to have another. If I'm with a small group, then I can be more interactive. But if the group gets to be more than 15 people, then I become more withdrawn. Uh, I remember going to house parties and college and just feeling overwhelmed by the number of people. And so I would just leave. Uh, I also have difficulty with my ability to express nonverbal communication. Now, I can read someone else's facial expressions just fine, but I may be talking to someone and I could be looking angry, but what I'm really feeling inside is one of concern. I also have a strong desire for sameness in my routine and my surroundings. So let's say my, I have a routine uh, when I come home, I will come home, I'll unload the car, I'll greet my wife, need a shower, go through my planner for the next day, eat dinner and do my office paperwork. So if any of these items gets out of order, something happens unexpectedly, then the remaining parts of the list could go off schedule or just not even get done because now I'm dealing with anxiety and I get forgetful and I just kind of, uh, kind of blow through it. You're saying you have anxiety when things are disrupted or when something is an unexpected change. Yes, yes, because now that my routine, my the sameness in my routine is getting bothered. How does that anxiety manifest in your relationship? Like, would you get irritated with your wife? Would you get frustrated? Would you just shut down? I think there's a, in, in, as far as my routine, I think what happens is, is, I kind of just then focus on the event that's occurring that we need to take care of, that needs to be taken care of. So it, it's almost like I become hyper-focused on the, that and the other responsibilities just get pushed to the side. Mm -hmm. And so once I complete that, that unexpected task, I'm done. I'm thinking I'm done. I can just, you know, relax and let's watch TV. Mm -hmm. And so it's just hard for you to get back into your normal scheduled routine. It reorganized, yes. Yes, got it. What about some of the little like obsessions that you have? You mentioned something I, about ice cubes in a glass have, to me. I have a quirk, I have some quirks definitely in my my behaviors. If I have if I get a cold drink out from the fridge, then there has to be two ice cubes in the glass. No more, no less. When I brush my teeth in the morning, you know, my wife has has noticed me doing that. I didn't even notice I was doing this, but I will have my left hand in my pocket and I will walk around the bathroom as I brush my teeth. And just, that's just so I can see the outside of our backyard. I also become very attached to my house or my office or the items in my house and office. office. So if I move, if the, we move the office, if we move the house, then that really increases the anxiety. 
Um, I definitely place an emotional value on an item, whereas there are people that I know that do not. I can also be very literal. For instance, this happened, um, you know, I could not make a sandwich out of hamburger buns as the packet says they are buns and not bread. Now, it, it was kind of a, definitely one of those moments where I'm like, wow, what's going on? But now if push came to shove, I, I definitely could make the sandwich, but there would be a high, very high annoyance factor going on. And my wife, and when my wife and I go out of town, she has this habit where she likes to comment or picture us living in the area that we're, we're traveling to. And this always causes me stress because I take her literally when she says these things. So I, I think that there's going to be a for sale sign in front of our lawn and we will be moving soon. So in that instance, I'm looking at the fear of change uh, because I'm so used to my routine. But what I can do very well is memorize numbers or words. I can read off phone numbers, addresses, even a license plate I had in high school and have had over the years. It, even phone numbers of employees that have not worked for me for over 20 years, I still know their phone number. My ability to memorize led me to go into the medical field since so much of medicine involves remembering anatomy and symptoms of diseases. Interesting. What changes have you made in your interactions with your wife that have made your marriage better? Well, the changes that I have made are our result of therapy. My goal in therapy is to improve the relationship that I have with my wife and um, with others, family and friends. Uh, I understood that the characteristics of Asperger's does not lead well to maintaining a marriage relationship. The characteristics of Asperger, of the Asperger spouse, to be socially impaired, to be non-empathetic, to have a lack of emotional connection can all lead to increase stress on the marriage. When I got married, I stood before God and family to be that devoted and loving husband to my wife. And so I realized when I was diagnosed that the hard work before me was just getting started. So one of the first changes I made was learning to control my meltdowns. Um, doing this required that I start to recognize what feelings I was experiencing. I needed to recognize the moments before the meltdown would occur and remove myself from the situation by simply excusing myself and going into another room so that I could quiet down. This took a long time. As I continued this, it became easier to prevent the meltdowns. My frustrations can still be there and my anxieties can rise up just like with anyone else, but I now have greater control so that they do not control me. Another change that I made was with being able to connect with my wife emotionally. I think that an error people make is that they think people with Asperger's do not have emotions. Well, we can feel very intensely or even feel too much such that we develop habits to minimize when and where we feel these emotions, thus trying to control them through outside or external mechanisms instead of controlling them through internal means, which would be the better or healthier way. So I worked on identifying which feelings I was experiencing during the day. My therapist helped by texting me at different times each day and had me write down what emotion I was feeling at that exact time. As I did this, I became better at noticing the small differences between one emotion and another. And this also took a long time, but as I became better with recognizing my own 
feelings, I could then move to be able to start connecting with my wife and what she was feeling. If I'm not able to understand or connect with my emotions, then how was I going to be able to understand or connect with what my wife is feeling? Or what does your wife do that makes it easier for you to understand her needs? My wife uh, is a very good communicator. And she has the ability to express her needs in a very concise manner. She's very specific. And I do not have to read her mind or second guess her. She has adjusted her expectations, but she did not lower them. In the past, she would express a need and then expect that need to be met in a particular way. So now she allows me to meet that need in a way that makes more sense to me. So for example, if we're on vacation, she, she really enjoys waking up early to watch the sunrise. And this doesn't work for me as I get up early every morning to go to work. So I like to sleep in on vacations. But what I've done is for, uh, as I researched the exact time of a sunset on a particular evening, I drove her to a good vantage point to watch the sunset. I brought her out of the car, put on her favorite song, and during the sunset, I danced with her in the middle of the street. Wow, that's something that I think wives of even non-Asperger's husbands would love their husbands to do. So that's amazing. Good okay. job. <laughs> really, seriously. What does your wife do that makes it harder for you to understand her needs? Well, this was definitely more of an issue in the early years of our marriage. And what made it hard for me to understand what she needed was her anger and resentment, which she was vocal about. And as a result, I became resistant, disconnected, and withdrew from her. And which is the same in any relationship. If somebody reacts to you in that way, it definitely causes you to either attack back in defending yourself or to shut down, depending on you know, your particular nature. Is it harder for you as an Aspie to change to a new pattern of behavior? Yes, it is. It is hard. Uh, I'm not going to deny that I have. Yes, it's very hard. But this and that's because the change represents uncertainty and that uncertainty results in anxiety. So part of the answer to changing and being able to change is learning how to effectively deal with this anxiety. Also, the intensity of, the, of anything that is uncertain is so strong that sometimes I will avoid change just so I don't have to experience these emotions. Uh, sounds like there's a lot of anxiety, almost kind of like obsessive compulsive disorder, little OCD, which I think is, can be fairly common with people that have Asperger's. It seems to go along because, again, the anxiety is not something you want to experience. So you're going to do things to minimize that, even though to the person next to you, they're going, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. How does your difficulty with social cues affect conflict resolution in your marriage? Well, the social cues I have trouble with are my vocal tonality, nonverbal signals, and my body language. Now, all three of these can be saying something different at the same time. These differing signals can cause confusion as it leaves my wife not knowing which to follow. So then it makes sense that if your wife is aware of that, that she takes that into consideration and asks you clarifying questions like, well, you don't sound mad, but you look mad. Are you mad? Would that help? 
that is a very common question because I can't see myself when I'm talking to her. So I have no idea that this is even going on. So yeah, for on, on her end, it definitely has, we have to stop the conversation and just so that she can kind of get on board to where I'm at. Her part in that is to, like with anyone, is to recognize, okay, that is how you're expressing yourself. It may not be what she's seeing, so she can't react. She has to stop and take the time to clarify. So how does your wife need to adjust her expectations of you so they are realistic and supportive? Well, Carla, I do not have a list of what adjustments that my wife needs to make, but what I can share are the adjustments that she has made. She provides for more quiet time for me rather than pressing for more conversation or communication with me. She's developing an acceptance of my quirky sense of humor. She's become willing to join me in some of my special interests. She's growing in her acceptance of my Asperger's and she goes to great lengths to learn about it and then to understand our differences. She has become more empathetic with me rather than offended and hurt. And she's adjusted the tone of our relationship so that it is not as intensely important for me to change to more neurotypical behaviors. And she's toned down the degree of emotionality in her voice. The small adjustments that I am able to make, she now values my effort and it's come to mean a lot to her. The adjustments that we both have made have really helped to change our marriage for the better. We have become more of a team that is helping each other instead of fighting against one another. Those things that you just listed are really, really big deals. And for anyone listening who's married to somebody that has Asperger's or, you know, really any mental illness, recognizing that you do have to make some adjustments, not things that you're, you know, that totally go against who you are and what you're okay with, but these are all very healthy things that she's done. And so I applaud her and you for the things that you guys have done. Oh, thank you. You know, it's something that has taken time. It's taken time. And these adjustments, these little changes have been a work in progress. So, and we can see the benefit that they are producing. And again, I'm making these adjustments and she is. So it's a team effort. And Asperger's in a marriage is difficult. A lot of counselors will say that, you know, a lot of marriages don't survive because of the relational differences. So you guys are doing amazing. And I'm so glad that she's involved in the My Aspie and Me Facebook and supporting other spouses of Asperger's. And I should say Cooper joins in and says stuff too in that and adds, you know, his perspective. So it's for anybody listening, it's called My Aspie and Me. It's a private Facebook group. I would really suggest that you check it out. So that leads us right into the next question. How has counseling helped? you? Well, counseling has helped immensely. Uh, With my Asperger's, I can be stubborn, rigid, and self-protective even more than the average person. My therapist has helped me to see my wife's perspective, which has helped our marriage by getting me to think of the we and not just the me, you know, making it a win-win situation for the both of us. The counseling has helped me to become better with knowing what I'm feeling. I know that may seem strange to a neurotypical person, but I can share that initially, 
I did not really understand what I was feeling other than the obvious happy or sad. A lot of my problems stemmed around these feelings of anxiety and not realizing they were there. This anxiety would control my actions around social settings and relationships. For example, when I'm performing surgery on someone, it is a very focused and intensive activity. I really enjoy performing surgeries and I'm good at it and I'm very comfortable doing it. But because of the intensity and focus, I realized when I was done with the surgery, and this could be after four to five or even six hours later, I would go to the office. My interaction with my staff I was very agitated and impatient. I was very abrupt when they would come to me with questions or concerns and I could not deal with it. And it was causing a lot of friction. So I I did not realize that this anxiety or agitation that I was feeling was even there. I mean, my therapist saw this and suggested that before I go to the office, before I leave the hospital, if I just stay there for an hour and relax and let my brain calm down, it's almost like a reset. Then when I get back to my office, I am able to connect. I'm able to talk. I don't have that agitation, that abruptness. Um, And it has made for a much better relationship and interaction with my staff. The same thing when I come home from a normal day in the office. If there has been any difficulty, if there's been anything, uh, anything's occurring that are out of the ordinary, then I will tell my wife, you know, this is not a good time to talk. Give me about 20 minutes just to regulate myself and calm down. That way, when I'm done, I can come back and we can interact, have a much better communication. Before, I would just try to talk to her in this agitated state, or she would try to talk to me, and I would just lose it because I was irritable and angry. And I wasn't even angry or irritable about anything specific, but those feelings were there, and I did not realize it. So this was putting a real strain on the relationship. So for me, The counseling or therapy has really made a 180 degree difference with my relationships with my wife and those around me. And once again, amazing. These are things that any couple could do. Anybody who comes home from work that is stressed should rewind and kind of recoup before going to interacting with family. That's a discipline that everybody would benefit from. Again, you guys are doing just a phenomenal job. What would you say to someone listening who suspects a spouse or child may have Asperger's? You know, being diagnosed with Asperger's, I definitely will connect you with some of the brightest and most innovative minds in the world. So in my opinion, it's not a diagnosis you need to run away from. I would tell this person that obtaining this diagnosis is probably going to help you discover answers to the questions that may have been plaguing you your whole life. I encourage you to get help, not because you are defective, but because there are areas that can be improved so that you can be a better team with your wife and children. What I would like to say to the listener to take away from this is that I've gone through life not really completely aware of the depths of emotions such as love that I was missing until I got married. Looking back, I thought that I was getting along well with my family and friends, but These relationships I can now see were on a superficial level. I was not aware of what true intimacy was. After I got married, I was not able to relate with my wife on an intimate level. This was a difficult skill for me to achieve. It was also difficult for my wife. She felt rejected, but so did I. So I was very defensive. 
I did not like being told that I had to change. I never had to change before, so why now? But over time, eventually I learned that I could take down my defenses. I could connect with my emotions and trust that not everything had to make sense to me for my behavior to be healthy. I learned to trust my wife and become vulnerable. And while this is still a work in progress, it is very much worth it. Trusting my wife was actually not easy for me. The defenses that I had learned to hold on to throughout my life didn't work well at all in my marriage. Trusting my wife meant deep down that she was on my side. She was for me and my biggest support, and I could relax and trust in that. So I want to encourage the Asperger who may be listening to this podcast to accept their neurodiversity and embrace the teaching and therapy available to learn all that you can about how gifted and unique your brain is wired, but also learning how to connect with those you love so that you can become better relating to your wife and children. To me, it's about becoming all that God created us to be. Yeah, that is amazing words. And I would just second that because, yeah, there is the stigma, like you said, thinking of it as something as weird or it's, there's amazing things that Asperger's people have done. And I think there is becoming a much better acceptance of it as it's becoming more understood and, and acknowledged and actually more prevalent and, you know, diagnosed much more often than it used to be. So people might be listening to this and thinking, well, Cooper's just really verbal. So how can he say he has trouble with being verbal? (laughs) Can you explain? Uh, Well, you know, being verbal is not something that comes easy. You know, to prepare for this podcast, everything was written down. I'm not able to, like my wife was able to just put bullet points down and just kind of go from there. I had to be very structured in what I was going to say and how I was going to say it. I do have difficulty verbally. I've got to to do things to help me in those areas where I don't do as well. So it's just all about doing what you can to make it easier on yourself. Absolutely. Totally agree. And I, so I thank you very much. This took time for you. This took effort, forethought. You meticulously wrote down the answers and they were amazing answers. I just, I love them. I think they gave a lot of insight to the people listening that have Asperger's or are married to somebody with Asperger's or even have a child with Asperger's. So thank you so very, very much, Cooper. Oh, thank you very much, too. And there's also a uh, private men's group called Aspie Men for God that men can join up with that's associated with the main group, My Aspie and Me. Oh. So all, all they have to do is just go into the group search on Facebook and just type those names in. Aspie Men for God. Oh, that is, I. you are going to get some people that are going to join as a result of this podcast, I know. So thank you for sharing that. I wasn't aware of that. And thank you for listening to this podcast on Change My Relationship. I hope you'll share it with your friends and that you'll come back and listen to further podcasts. Have a great day. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this interview on Change My Relationship. We hope you will subscribe to these podcasts and share them with your friends. Carla would love to hear from you. She welcomes ideas for future podcasts as well as your feedback on how the podcast have helped your life and relationships. You can email her at 
Carla at ChangeMyRelationship.com. For more information on Change My Relationship and Carla Downing's ministry, including her books, studies, devotionals, podcast, and YouTube videos, visit ChangeMyRelationship.com.